0: He's never seen me fight live. He, he, his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be, uh, I flew to Boston and I watched my dad fight in the UFC. and you are going to split your bonus with him if you get him? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Damn, he's it's a standard, isn't it? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money. In fact, he just jacked up him, work and all. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more
1: money than I know what to deal with. And have a great life for my my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my in my family, everyone uh, that's that's come up with me, that's my dream.
0: Episode thirty six of the severe MMA podcast is officially here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Sean Sheehan, and Sean, we're back on the night shift.
1: We're back on the night shift. You sound like one of those DJs. It's like presenting a Friday night jazz show. Yeah, I'm here in a kill one oh six. What's kill I don't know. I just made it up. We got the soothing su- sounds of Andrew again. I could, I could dip into
0: my, uh, inter- my radio presenting here for you if you want to open the podcast.
1: Go on, do it. Do it really nice. You know, tell everyone what we're going to talk about as well. Do that. Give me a list. Open it up all nice and good. Mm, now. Let me see,
0: because really, this is how I should be opening the podcast. Yeah, it really is. Let me think. Uh, Oh, you've put me on the spot here. So, yeah. wait, talk about this show. Okay. Do it. <sighs> da, 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 da. Hello, everybody. Good evening, and welcome to another edition. Actually, no, I'm going to have to pretend I'm presenting on the radio. Yeah, okay. Okay. Is
1: this, is this actually part of the show now? Or are we yeah, this no, this is part of the show. Okay. Hello, everybody. Good
0: evening. Another episode of It's Got You Covered here on Eight. It... Severe MMA podcast, what are you talking about? Yeah, but look, I told you I'm going to have to pretend I'm on the radio. Yeah, but
1: pretend this is the radio.
0: Uh, Hello? No, okay, I'm ready. Count me in again.
1: Three, two,
0: one. Hello everybody, good evening. Another episode here on Severe MMA Radio HQ. We've got a lot of great tracks coming up this evening, including a cover from Bonnie Ver as well as the new one from The Strokes, but until then, you have to listen to 60 minutes of Andrew McGahan and Sean Sheehan coming up just after this. That
1: was that was okay, but like, you was totally off topic, it was just random. Yeah, you, like, I you told you, you I was
0: going to have to pre- thought, pretend I was on the radio. <sighs> oh, it's God. Tuesday, Sean, I'm in radio mode. Tuesday God. is Radio Tuesdays. God. Go anyway. on, tell us anyway.
1: what, you, the, you? There was something happened, I've been waiting to hear what happened.
0: Go on, tell us. Um, well, as you know, winter is coming. Yeah, that means the spiders are coming
1: oh fuck my yeah, sister
0: was just lying in bed and a spider crawled onto her bed <gasps> from <Fuck>. underneath <sighs> and was on its way to her arm oh. and she is now sleeping in the spare bed in my brother's room mm. and obviously her room will have to be incinerated tomorrow morning
1: yeah, that's fair enough, she's
0: dead alright I would agree with that, I also have a question for uh, the podcast listeners and yourself Before we get on to mixed martial arts discussion. I may be the only person who does this, but if you ever have a cupcake, do you know the wrapping that you take off the cupcake? Yeah. Do you take it completely off or do you eat around it? I take it completely off. Okay, well, I eat around it sometimes.
1: I've seen other people do that. I've seen
0: that. But my main question is... um, Ooh, oh you're only after sending me that stuff again Sorry yeah. Um, My main question is When I get to the end of it I put the wrapper into my mouth What? Yeah I, I, never, I never swallow it or eat it But I would put it into my mouth and have, an old chew of it, like. and have a chew of it To get all of the rest of the residue Off the cupcake you're a sick man And I was doing it on the bus the other day And I thought I oh, wonder the, you,
1: Hold on you're doing know, this in public Yeah and i thought
0: thought nothing of it like yeah so i'm just wondering am i the only person in ireland that does that and i'm s-
1: pretty, pretty sure you are yeah
0: and finally to finish off um this job. this related discussion what should i get after the podcast i'm thinking <sighs> pizza
1: you're lucky because you, you can get fucking things delivered that late Here, oh, I yeah, can get yeah
0: you can get nothing
1: oh dominoes you should get the is it Domino's for sure it's so long since i've had them one of them do a barbecue pizza or maybe both of them do. no um my the number one pizza that i'll be ordering is a
0: create your own have you ever had a sizzler out of Domino's? uh
1: yeah i think so a long time well ago. they
0: have a certain base on it and i think it's a garlic and sun-dried tomato base and that's what i'm gonna be getting with chorizo pepperoni and Domino's herbs nice i just
1: had a kebab there about about two or three hours
0: ago this Delicious. I've actually had an awful Come day out. of eating today. I had a curry chip for my lunch, I had a burger for dinner, and we're going to have a pizza before I go. To- and it's all to celebrate the fact first, oh, send the alarm, Sean. Five minutes into the recording, Jiu mention. Jitsu mentioned. Jiu Irish nogi open this Saturday. I'm two kilos underweight, so I'm bulking. Oh, one one I'm bulking. Pizza. The dirty
1: bulk. <laughs> That's, the job. That's um, the
0: job. Tell me, what's happened since we last spoke? Or are you going Were you about to say? By the way, anyone listening to this podcast should come out and support Andrew on Saturday. Yeah, why not? Where's the man? DCU in the Helix. Uh, no, unfortunately not in the Helix. In the Sports Center, that would have been pretty cool if it was in the Helix, though. Wouldn't fairness? It there would have, much
1: room there for it there, though.
0: I uh, think answer. they could run a tournament in it. To be honest, it would hit yeah. me right in the fields competing in there.
1: Cool, wouldn't
0: it? It would have been an unreal place to compete. Yeah.
1: Anyway, the big news today was John Jones, he had his court case um, in Nevada, and not Nevada, in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. We spoke about this ad nauseum before in the, on the podcast about him. Alleg- it's not allegedly anymore, I think we can just say it now, because he played and all. So he hit a woman with a car. Um, we, we don't know if he was intoxicated or not, because he ran from the scene, obviously it was a hit and run. Um, the woman broke her arm. John Jones, as I said, ran from the scene, came back a day and a half or two days later, gave himself in. There was marijuana, um, what, what would you call it, marijuana pipe on in his car. Um, so that was grand anyway. He had his he had his uh, court case today, and he basically got off scot-free. No fine, no jail time. He has to do 72... Cum- it's not 72 hours, it's like 72 sessions of community service. And he's on probation for 18 months. So basically, he got he got off scot-free. Um, I think uh, some people are up in arms about it. Some people aren't. What's your immediate reaction to it?
0: It was hilarious. I just yeah. knew, like... Not even the decision, but the fact that it happened the week of the alleged world title fight between <laughs> daniel cormier and alexander Gustafsson.
1: hashtag paper champion
0: like i can i can understand yeah fair enough he is the legitimate champion john jones was stripped and the ufc acted accordingly at the time but how stupid must they look now and like hopefully daniel cormier the first thing he does you like we we know the first thing he's going to do is to call out john jones and that's probably regardless of whether he wins or loses but he needs to, I think, come out and from the point of view and be like, unify the titles. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But Cormier is the type of guy that's worked so hard for it that I can just see him being like, no, this is my title, I earned it. John, you made your mistakes, you screwed up, I'm the champion now, you have to come and take it off me. And uh, I he don't already,
1: know. He already had the opportunity to do that when he beat... Um, Anthony Johnson and he didn't do it like the first thing he did was call out John Johnson like he didn't even mention like that he was the champion and all he was kind of I, I was actually thinking about it today if if Alexander Gustafsson wins this title on Saturday night if he beats Daniel Cormier he'll be he'll see that as like the biggest moment of career, his career he won the title he's the champion it's really a culmination of everything for him but I don't think that uh, and or uh, what's he Daniel Cormier felt that way when he be- beat Anthony Johnson, and maybe it's because it's a paper championship really, because John Jones was stripped. And I don't think he'll feel that way if he beats uh, Alexander Gustafsson and defends the title. I think John Jones is the fight Daniel Cormier wants, and i uh, like the belt would mean a lot to him. But I don't think it it means a l- as much to him now as it would have before. Say if he had beaten John Jones the first time they fought. It would have meant a lot to him. But now that belt, I don't think it means anything to him. I think a fight with John yeah. Jones, like John Jones bettered him. He was the first man in MMA to do it. And I think that's what Daniel Cormier wants. I think
0: um, it's more a win over John Jones is more important to him than being the champion. Yeah, I, I, I would honestly think Cormier would, would feel that way. And I have to say, though, if Gustafsson wins and beats Daniel Cormier. I would consider Gustafsson the champion then, do you know? Because the title yeah. has passed on from the previous holder, so it's not kind of linked to the how he won it, sort yeah. of thing. The title has changed hands, and then if like ultimately, I did see someone uh, predicted on Twitter earlier on today. But surely the immediate reaction post this weekend's fight, regardless of who wins, should be Jon Jones versus them at UFC 200.
1: Yeah, it, it could be. Well, I suppose we'll talk about more about this weekend's fight later. But do you think the do you think what John going you to oh, yeah, do, you the whole that ruling. was fair? Sorry, yeah. Or do you um, think like you should have
0: got more? I saw some people trying to make the comparison to what happens when you uh, get caught smoking yeah. weed in a title fight compared to when you're under the influence of it and hurt somebody in a car accident. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. But that's... I like come two completely different scenarios, so you can't really put one uh, two and two together. Yep. But I do think that uh, John Jones got off lightly here. Everybody that I spoke to, or everybody that was given insight at the start when this all happened, was that John Jones was going to jail, and ultimately the UFC must have thought that as well. Otherwise, they wouldn't have stripped him. If you had told the UFC um, five or back in February or whenever it was that it happened, that hey, don't worry about this. John Jones is going to be able to fight again in September you do not strip him of the title i don't think yeah and also like you have to look at the fact that the ufc are obviously such a shady uh, group when it comes to allegedly when it comes to the whole um, vitor Belfort issue from a couple of years ago that is only coming to light now i'm pretty sure i'd bet good money that the ufc would have let john jones sit on the sidelines for that amount of time until he got all of his personal affairs cleared up. All they had to do was John Jones has going through all of this stuff. We stand by him 100%. But because there was the chance he could have gone to jail, I think the UFC had to cut their losses, strip him into the title, and just get their insurance plan there in case. Because at the end of the day, it isn't a company that cares about morals. It isn't a company that really cares about the right thing, so to speak. It's money at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I think UFC did the UFC did, did do the right thing back in the day, well, back in whatever it was, six, eight months ago.
0: With all and of the facts that were presented at the time, yeah, what, the UFC exactly, made the right 100%. call. Um,
1: but I think I definitely think John Jones got off lightly. Like, if you or I hit a pregnant woman, broke her hand, ran from the scene, we'd be facing jail time. I a normal citizen and uh, like I think it was Lou Thomas tweeted it today that money can buy you your freedom <laughs> in America. Like, and it, that's basically true. Or, so I'm not sure who said it, but someone said it. Like, Jan Jones had enough money basically to. Get the correct lawyers to what the other person had better than the New Mexico lawyers that are against him and stuff, and to get off um, with no no jail time, not a, a day spent in jail, no money fine. I don't know if that lady's gonna gonna sue him for damages or whatever. I'm not sure if that's already happened or if that's already been settled out of court or whatever. Judge we'll probably, Judy, <laughs> this is her court but that'll probably never find out but for me i think the ufc like their release statement today which basically said uh we're doing nothing at the moment we'll we'll see we'll do a bit of an investigation there we'll see what we'll do to john jones i think it'd be nice for the ufc now to say john jones this incident happened on the 28th of april i'd like to see him say for what john jones did and for being stripped the title he should be out for a year so ban him until the twenty eighth of April, and at least that would be some punishment. I think um, he wouldn't be able to fight before UFC <laughs> two hundred. If if they brought him back some now, some
0: punishment and it will keep him
1: out perfectly in time for UFC two hundred. But he's he's missing. If they don't do that, if they reinstate him now, he can have a fight, get a big money fight against Carmier, Gusafson, whoever, and then he have another fight before the UFC two hundred. So if they do ban him, he he like that's taking away money that he could have been earning. And like, does he deserve to come back that quickly? Like, does he deserve a year out? I think he does for what he did. Like, he played guilty. He like he did. He did do everything that was uh, that was alleged of him. So I think that'd be a good thing for UFC to do. But to be honest, I don't see it. I think they'll they'll give it a week or two, and John Jones will be back. Maybe there's a lot of people saying he could be in the octagon tomorrow for the the fight to to stare down the champion. I I don't think that would be nice. I think that would be a PR disaster, to be honest. John Jones basically found guilty, put on probation today, and two or three days later he's in in the octagon looking to fight again.
0: Um, What I was going to pick up on when you said, oh, he'd be able to fight soon and then he'd be able to fight before UFC 200, I was thinking, like, when has anyone ever done that in the UFC? But then again, you're forgetting this is the man that fought, what was it, six times as a pro? from April to July in his debut year. Yeah. Let me just pull it up here. April 12th, April 5th,
1: 19th. How about UFC not until July? That's like... That's
0: I know like that, but eight, it'd be... Nine months away?
1: UFC era John
0: Jones champion. Do you know, fought twice in 13, once in 14, and once in 15. Do you know, I don't think... Couldn't see him getting in twice and then UFC 200 from when he comes back. Unless, he's, once. unless he's broke.
1: I think he could. He could definitely fight in... No, yeah, he couldn't January, because, February, because of how much he
0: used to fight and how often he fought. But it just seems now, as the same with a lot of fighters when it gets to the top end of their careers. Like when the stakes get higher, the preparations get gets better. And you're not seeing them rushing into fights. You know, we saw that even domestically. We were talking about it the other day when Alan Philpott and Dylan Took were having a little scrap on Twitter. Does nothing for Alan and Alan's eyes to take the fight at the minute it did everything for john jones to fight 6 times within 3 months at the start of his career and then get signed to the UFC like from when john jones first turned professional to when he signed to the UFC there was april to august in the one year
1: yeah but even even if he doesn't even if you, that, that's a fair enough finding, even if that's true i think it would look good for the ufc to just do it anyway even if what you're saying there was a case that he wouldn't be fighting anyway like, I think they need to do something. Like, this has left a very sour taste in people's mouths. And I I don't know, it just, you know, it just feels bad. It was like, I know, we, I agree with 100% with what you said about people comparing it with the Nick Diaz thing and, and, other, um, and other failures like that, that he's basically got away scot-free and, and guys like Nick Diaz and, was it, Pat healy and stuff, basically had the book thrown at them and lost their careers, basically, uh, or a, lot, a large part of it, if you're Pat healy for something... Like who didn't hurt anyone, didn't cause any harm, and John Jones, like, she, he could have killed that woman. Like if you were, if you drive into someone fast enough to break a bone, you could have killed the woman, you could have killed the baby she was carrying as well. So, I think uh, I think the UFC need to take some action more than what they've done, and uh give me I think a year would be fair. I think that'd be fair.
0: Well, just one final thing on it, and if you want to jump back in, please feel free. But when you said there, could have uh, hurt the lady more, could have lost the baby, I think that may have influenced the UFC's decision in stripping him. Something like that, the baby could have been lost one week, two weeks after. Do you know what I mean? The UFC yeah. had to react quick. They had to strip John straight away. And like as I was saying, ultimately, he is still the greatest fighter to have ever lived. Probably one of the best that we'll ever see in our lifetime. I'm all for getting them back in as soon as possible. The UFC have bigger issues to deal with. I cannot wait for the UFC 192 press conference after the event on Saturday because I'd be pretty sure um, outside of the usual like first question because you always ask the first question, wink, wink, sort of stuff at pressers, I'd like to see them just go to town on Vitor Belfort and the UFC.
1: Yeah, that'll happen, to be honest. day I'll be there at the press conference.
0: Still, surely it should be brought up. It, there are enough good guys covering over there in the States that one of them will get a mic and one of them will ask about Vitor Belfort. And e- even if, the, even if the, yeah, Jeremy Botter, if you're listening, step up. Otherwise, it's, we're not letting you into the country in less than three weeks when you pretend to be an Irishman again for five he, days.
1: I don't think he's coming. Is he not? I don't think so. I was asking him again. I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago there and he said he was... I thought he already in. had it booked. No, he was coming. He's due to come. To, he's going to an Everton match at uh, the start of next year and I think he's coming to Ireland in. So I don't think he's coming. For Crow Park. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong.
0: Crow Park or Madison Square Garden. Definitely. Crow Park. Um, so from, like, Shirley, ask the question. At least make the UFC go on the record and decline to comment about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I suppose we got on to this weekend's cards and now that we, we touched on it already. Um... Daniel Cormier against Alexander Gustafsson. I was talking to a lot of people online, Patrick Wyman, and a couple more people about it. And there's a, I think there's a feeling going around. Like this kind of happens to me, and I think it happens to a lot of more people who like do previews and like look into the fights on the week of fights. It kind of opens up your eyes to what the fight is. Like if you're looking at that fight, kind of Dan Cormier against Gustafsson. Like Cormier is the guy with the big reputation. He's the champion. Gustafsson last his last fight. You might look at it and say, oh, that's another reason for Carmier. but. Looking at their games and and studying them for for writing up my preview, I really think Gustafsson has the beating of him. That's not to say he will beat him. I think it's a pretty close fight, but I think Gustafsson's price is way, way out um, for what it should be. Cormier Cormier is a big favourite. I'm just pulling it up here. Just let me look at it. Cormier is um, minus 340 favourite, so nearly 3.5 to 1 favourite. Gustafsson is nearly 3 to 1. I think I think that's I think this fight's a lot closer than that. What Gustafson struggles with is guys who come in, land big overhand right shots on him, jabs to the face, getting close to him, push him against the fence and hurt him there. Um well not so much push him against the fence, but getting close to him inside like Alexander or like um uh Anthony Johnson did to him. And I don't think that's really um Daniel Carmier's game. Carmier will want to box with him to set up his takedowns, he'll want to um, he'll want to push him up against the fence. You know, if, I don't and I don't think he can do that to, to Alexander Gustafsson. Gustafsson is very good at using his reach. I know people talking about lint and height is, is it's a bad way to um, to promote the fight. But when looking at the actual fight, I think it's tantamount to this fight. I think. Johnson will use that reach. I think he'll, or, um, sorry, Gustafson will use that reach. He'll stay on the outside. He'll stick and move and he'll try to be light his feet for the first couple of rounds. I could easily see him taking first three rounds and uh, winning a decision against, um, against uh, Daniel Carmia. We saw how good his takedown defense was against John Jones and that's not to be laughed at. Like, I think if you were to make someone just beat Daniel Carmia, I think John or Alexander Gustafson is the person you'd have. If it wasn't John Jones, I think Alexander Gustafsson is that one.
0: I think we've spoke about it before, about how the top three in that division are in a kind of never-ending love triangle. That I don't think Cormier would have the beating of Jones, where I think Gustafsson would have the beating of Jones and Cormier would have the beating of Gustafsson. But thinking about it more and looking into it a little bit more, like I think the perfect model to beat someone like Alexander Gustafsson is Anthony Johnson. Just pretty much, as you said there, exactly how he did it is the way to do it. I don't see Daniel Cormier being able to fight that same way. I don't see him being able to get close enough to do enough damage, to land enough power shots without getting himself lit up. Gustafsson's boxing is really what established himself in the Jones fight. Being able to control him, land accurately, clinically on the feet, put Jones in pressure in places that he had never been in before. And really showed us a different side, well, both to John Jones and to Alexander Gustafsson, because we had never seen Alex fight as clinically as he did in the John Jones fight. And I think he's a perfect example of a fighter who rises to the occasion and really does put it all out there when, when the chips are down. When it comes to this fight at the weekend, though, like I don't know, I still think Daniel Cormier has a bit between his teeth. Maybe he's taken his eyes off the prize a little bit with talking about John Jones already this weekend. Um, or this week. I know he was commented fairly quickly. He was up to date on all, all the case. I wouldn't have been surprised if you had told me he was watching it himself this morning. I'm praying to whoever. That uh, John Jones got off and then they'd get a chance to fight him. Praise um, be to Allah. Allah Akbar. As they say. Um, what does that even mean? God is great, is
1: it? I don't
0: know. Who cares? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it is God is great. Um, anyway... Looking at it though from a broad point of view, if you have a gun to my head, I think Daniel Cormier takes this fight, but it's not going to be an upset. It's not going to be a shock. And as you said there, 3.5 to 1 represents very good value in terms of backing Alexander Gustafsson. And it's probably something that I would go for myself, considering the price, how he's fought against John Jones. Um, I don't know, there just seems to be something good about... I can remember talking to the guys in Stockholm about the whole training situation over there. Pretty much all-stars is Alexander Gustafsson's gym. um, And it's pretty much formed full of guys from other gyms that all just joined together to create a super team within Stockholm. So they're all paired at the one place and uh, being able to train with each other all the time. I think there is one fighter that's not there that's signed with the UFC that's that's a Swedish fighter... (sighs) who's your man that I've seen fight a couple of times Iliar Latifi I I want to say it's Latifi but as soon as I say Latifi I am 90% sure that he's Gustafsson's teammate so I don't know I will get back to you on that one
1: Yeah, I think um, I really think that like yesterday Gustafsson I was looking at the prices he was plus 870 to win by decision and today it's down to plus um, 670. Like, there's a lot of money coming in on him to win by decision. I, I think he can win by decision. I think there's a lot of MMA math being played on this fight because of the Anthony Johnson fights. Like, if you look at the Anthony Johnson fight against uh, Alexander Gustafson, Johnson rocked him. I think it was an eye or a grind strike, and he rocked him straight away out of that, and he kind of caught him off guard, and he did very well to finish him. In the uh, Daniel Cormier fight with Anthony Johnson... Johnson had him hurt. Johnson had him almost finished. You remember he was doing the chicken legs, going around the going around the ring. I almost had him finished a couple of times, and um, uh, Carmia did well to survive. And he obviously what you have to do against uh, Anthony Johnson is better to arm, and and uh, you'd beat him in the later rounds, and he won fair play. Out. But like the same thing that happened, to Gustafson basically happened to Carmia. Like they both got a bit of a whooping early on, and just Carmia survived. Like if you are basing a whole fight. On that and like that's the last thing you saw of both of them i don't think that's a really a great thing to do and like i don't think that that fight has made alexander augustus a worse fighter than he was before like if you were to look before that like i think a lot of people probably would have been picking Augustus and just stay on the outside to stick a move to be faster like his feet are right faster carmia
0: tug tug life video made about
1: it oh no but i'm saying um uh carmia fight not johnson fight. oh yeah, sorry
0: picking,
1: but, yeah I think he can do it. I really do. Like, I, I think this is a bit like, looking at this is a bit like looking at McGregor-Mendez before. I I think I was going to take McGregor down. And obviously, if it's it's a different fight and defeat, I don't think McGregor on ever going to keep him at the end of a jab like I think Gustafsson will do. But I think, I think Carmi will take Gustafsson down at some stage and he'll win a round, definitely win two rounds probably. But I think Gustafsson has enough. I think this is going to be a close fight. And um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong now, but I, I think Gustafson has enough to do it.
0: I won't tease you if you're wrong.
1: Okay.
0: Well, I might. Um, finally, I know you tweeted it earlier on. I'm going to steal it on you just so I can introduce it. One. How bad do you feel for Ryan Bader?
1: Um. <laughs> I'm not sure, to be honest. You have to feel a bit bad for him, like... He's one of those guys. Like, do you remember that time Johnny Hendricks was trying to get a title shot for ages and point yes. GSP like <clears throat> GSP took like he took the Nick Diaz fight and he fought someone else and then Hendricks eventually got a shot. I feel it's a bit that way. Like he's a little bit boring. He's one of those like he's one of those wrestlers. You know the the um, like the American wrestlers that doesn't really have much of a personality and that he's a good fighter. He's a little bit boring. He's a wrestle boxer. I feel sorry for him as a person, you know, but I don't know. Would you, like I don't feel sorry enough for him to not want to see John Jones against Cormier, or not want to see John Jones against Gustafsson, if you put it that way. What uh, What do you? Yeah, think?
0: no, I definitely don't. I definitely don't care about him that much, or I'm worried about him that much. Yeah. The one, like, sorry about that, Ryan. It's not going to turn into a John Fitch sort of thing again when people were acting fake outraged when he got released from the UFC. That's different, I think. Uh, yeah, but I, I just do. Th- people love getting in a uproar over nothing, such as the Nick Diaz petition for the lands. See that the US petition is almost being close to being discussed in the White House. Is it? Yeah. How many votes did it go? I think it needs 20,000 20, more people's signatures. Is on. What is yeah? about? we should share it. I'd say if every podcast listen listener to it uh, did it, then they'd be well
1: well over. Every podcast listener. Don't mind that. Don't do that. Follow at SevereMepod. And yeah, everyone tweet do. out the podcast. Everyone just retweet. If you're listening to this, go to at Sean Be I'll ever tweet it. Retweet. Just for the laugh.
0: Just retweet it, please. Sean lives <laughs> off retweets.
1: Yeah, that's all we need. But, like, if you retweet it, that might get two people to listen to it. And if they retweet it, that might get another two people to listen to it. Like, we keep growing and growing, so do that. Anyway, okay. The comment event... Is, uh, first of all, who do you
0: think will win that fight? Uh, Bader and Rashad Evans. Bader and Rashad Evans. Sorry, you caught me off guard there. I turned my mic off to have a quick yawn. Um, Bader and, like. Let's just be honest. It's not going to happen. Rashad Evans is probably going to get injured. Won't fight again. Ryan Bader has been... It's <laughs> only
1: like three days away now. What? It's only like three days away.
0: Look, it's Rashad. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um, but being said... I am really interested to seeing him get back in there because if you talk all you want about Daniel Cormier wanting that John Jones fight, Rashad Evans is another man that is on a mission. I would like to think to fight John Jones again at some point.
1: Yeah, I'm picking Bader here. I have to. I can't pick someone coming off of such a long injury like that. Um, yeah. I, if I better, if his striking's
0: on point, if he moves the same way that he does as he did before if he still looks like the old dad out of my wife and kids, then I can't see anything other than Rashad Evans taking this fight. I agree. Especially I if he looks he like my wife and kids. <laughs> I don't
1: think he can. I don't, I don't think he will. Uh, if he was the same as he was, I think he beats Ryan Bader nine times out of ten. But I just, I can't be. convinced. Ryan
0: Bader is a bad tune-up fight for anybody in that division. Yeah,
1: he is, in fairness. Like, Ryan Bader is probably, like, the best guy that isn't elite in that division, if you know what I mean. Like that might sound a bad thing to say, but he's the best of the rest in that division. Um, the
0: gatekeeper of 205. Yeah.
1: The common event is Johnny Hendricks against Tyron Woodley, which is more than likely like, uh, I was going to say like the better in Evans but John Jones probably isn't. No. It's more than likely the uh, number one contender fight for who will fight either Carlos Condit or Robbie Lawler, who's the champion of Wel- uh, Welter well. Uh, doing a preview for this fight as well. I think it's going to be a terrible fight. Honestly, I think it's going to be awful. Tyrone Woodley is one of the, or Tyrone. I keep calling him Tyrone. Tyrone Woodley. He's one of those guys that kind of wilts when put under pressure. And Johnny Hendricks is one of the guys who loves putting people under pressure. So I think that's that's pretty disastrous for Johnny Hendricks or for Tyrone Woodley. Um, like this fight with like they're two very similar fighters. The only difference between him really is Johnny Hendricks is a soap on Tyron Woodley is an orthodox fighter. Um, He's orthodox, isn't he? I think he is. Correct me if I wrong someone. But um, he is, yeah. Um, They both have big, huge power shots. They're both good wrestlers. Uh, Johnny Hendricks is more of a kind of grind you out, push you against the fence, stay there for like 90 seconds and then drag your legs from under you. Tyron Woodley is more of a double leg guy, push you hard, keep pushing you until he takes you down throws big overhand rights. Johnny Hendricks throws big overhand lefts, but he's good at, really good at hand fighting too, in getting in close, landing jabs, landing hooks, in close. We saw that against Robbie Lawler for, what, what was it, 10 rounds, two fights. Um, I think Johnny Hendricks takes this. I think the only way Woodley can win, really, is to knock him out with a big shot, and I actually think Johnny Hendricks is more likely to knock Woodley out with a big shot. Uh, I don't think Woodley's going to out-wrestle him. I don't think he's going to out-strike him in the pocket, I don't think he has the ability to stay on the outside, land jabs, get away from uh, Hendricks' power shots and stop Hendricks from inviting. I don't think Woodley has that ability. So, Unless he lands a big shot, I think it's going to be Hendricks. I think it's going to be a decision.
0: Um, you spoke one thing there, Sean. I want to pick up on it. Um, whether Woodley can avoid... You don't think that he can spend the full fight to be able to avoid the power shot and to jab himself on the outside. Well, I don't think he can... Avoid it for three rounds on route to winning a decision. I do think he would be able to avoid it, um, in the sense that he may get peppered in other ways, outstruck, outwrestled, but manages to stay clean of that one money shot that's going to KO him stiff. And I think the fear of that shot is what's going to actually cost him the whole fight.
1: I I yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Like when I say he can't. He can't stay the outside, now out point him. I think that's... Everyone actually, can run for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's... I don't think that has to do with the power shot. That has more to do with Johnny Hendricks' ability to get the fight to an in-fighting range. He's very good at fighting in close. We saw it, like we saw it in those two fights against Robbie Lawler. He just does it all day and he'll keep doing it. and Especially over three rounds. I think Johnny Hendricks is actually more dangerous early because he doesn't conserve his energy when it's a three-round fight. So I think the knockout is more likely in the first, but... Once it gets into the second and third round, I think Johnny Hendricks has better cardio and he's going to keep that pace up and he's going to get in close and he's going to push, John, or, um, push Tyron Woodley back and I don't think Woodley will be able to uh, handle it.
0: Three round Johnny Hendricks fights are actually pretty good Yeah. and I have Early. no problem having to watch them. Then it comes to the case when he started fighting just towards, I should say earlier three round Johnny Hendricks fights are pretty fun to watch. Then he starts getting up somewhere near towards title contention. If he hadn't been given half a round more with Carlos Condit, he was being finished in that fight. And that I think when Carlos he, won that fight. So oh yeah, was well I, I do think Carlos won as well. If Neil Siri won that fight, Carlos Condit won that fight.
1: Definitely.
0: Um, but from that, I was like, then the the decline started to happen, and then Johnny Hendricks was just couldn't get over as a champion. Was born as a champion. I think Robbie Lawler is the guy in that division that people are going to start caring about pretty quickly if they don't already, especially considering some of his fights and some of his defenses and the whole all-round general story of Robbie Lawler going from Robbie Lawler to a functional, functional MMA fighter that's a world champion. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I have thought it with Rory McDonald's division. I don't know. It's tough. I find it, like I think Robbie Lawler's only champion that he loses, to be honest. I do think it's coming. I don't think he's going to be champion for much longer. think he loses within the next six months. Mm, I don't think he'll... I think Condit will beat him, but I'm not sure. But if he does beat Condit, I think he'll lose. He loses the next time.
0: No, I think anyone... I think the only person in that division that challenges him for a while is uh, Carlos Condit. Yeah. It's a fight that I am really, really looking forward to.
1: I, just, I hope he doesn't fight Hendrix again. I have no interest in seeing that the fight for most boring for fight in the world. Eh? Yeah. That, like, the first two fights were very overrated, like, one, the first one one fight of the year, and it wasn't fight of the year at all, not a hope. but I don't know, yeah, I have no interest in seeing it again, but, speaking of fights, last weekend, uh, the UFC went to Japan, Ryan Nelson fought Josh Barnett, we'll just talk about that quickly, um, it, it was, a, I think both guys look better than they have in a long time, um, and I think for Ryan Nelson that actually worked against him. Aesthetically, in, you mean? No, not aesthetically, but in their actually in their actual game plans. Um, I think Ryan Nelson looked like more well-rounded. Than he has in a while. He's very one-dimensional in his strikes. Usually, just throwing the overhand right. He was throwing a lot of kind of jabs, throwing uppercuts, throwing hooks. He was taking Barnett down. He took him down four times, I think. His single leg looked very good. His cage work looked good. But I think that kind of all worked against him. I think if, <laughs> it's funny that we said like, Ryan Nelson should have thrown more overhand rights. But I think he should have, really. He, he caught Barnett a couple of times. And Barnett, to, to my surprise, was actually fighting with him in the pocket. And I didn't think he'd do it. He did it for a while. And he got caught a couple of times and he kept doing it. And then Ryan Nelson took him down. Which I was very surprised. Um, Roy Nelson is the <laughs> ultimate mixed martial arts troll it <laughs> he he, he does seem that way a little bit I think if he had he had drawn more he could have caught him, maybe could have finished him but alas no um, Roy did pretty well but once he got a little bit tired, Barnett started pushing him up against Vince, like we, we spoke about it last week a bit, I think that was always the way he was going to win it, throw his knees to the body Roy got absolutely bollocks in the third round, couldn't move did nothing, he was throwing these little back ends <laughs> when he got into the fourth and fifth round, but as Ray Abas does, he survives and he kept going till the end. Um... For Barnett, Barnett looked very good. I thought he's physically as or aesthetically as you said, he looked very, very good. Um, his game and good. very light, very light. Yeah, uh, I, I think he could be in this division. I know he's old. He's a champion from like fifteen years ago, but I still think there's a lot of guys he could take out in this division. He got beat by um by Travis Brown. I think if they fought again, it'll be a different fight. Maybe I think it, tra- Travis is tough fight for him. But I'd like to see him fight the likes of Mir. I'd like to see him fight Orlovsky again, or again he never fundy or maybe he did, I, you know, I can't remember all these guys. But there's a lot of fights there I'd like to see for him. Stipe, a couple more guys. Um, for Ryan Nelson, it's tough. Like Roy I love watching Ryan fight. Like the numbers came up today. I think it was He's one point one round. Which which was great numbers for for uh, the UFC card of kind of a, a random card that that there wasn't too much star power. In. But I think Roy is a good name, like that Kimbo fighter was. I think it was ten million it did on, on uh, Tough that time on Spike TV. So a lot of people know Roy Nelson. I think he's a big fan base, and I think he's going to be he's going to stay around for a while. But um, yeah, the co main event. Uriah Hall against Gegard Mousassi. Unbelievable. Okay, this is a contentious one. This is a contentious one. Did you see all the, the hooting and hollering on, on Twitter during the week? No. Um, Patrick Wyman, my good friend. and hollering. Where are yeah,
0: you um, and how do I get a new version of you?
1: <laughs> I'm in Texas. Hooting uh, and hollering. <laughs> Patrick Wyman basically said this was a fluke. He said the kick was a fluke. He said it was a really low percentage shot. And that basically it was, it was a fluke. Okay. Do you think it was a fluke? Or do you think it was Conor McGregor throws
0: kicks very similarly and there is so much footage of him practicing those sort of not that it was a fluke I think he threw it the exact way that he wanted to throw it only the speed was a little bit off of his opponent. You know, I don't I don't no, I'm not necessa- I'm not necessarily sure that it's his fault his technique that it's a fluke fluke sort of thing. I do think he got very lucky that it um he was able to follow it up as quick as he did. With them, um, with the strikes, and then ultimately get the finish. But I, I, I'm signing, signing towards like this is no fluke.
1: Yeah, this, I, that's like
0: saying Aldo against Mendes one was a fluke.
1: That was a bit, little bit different. Was a,
0: that was kind of an, an unexpected shot.
1: Like this was a, a kick that he had practiced over and over. in An the, unexpected
0: in the shot that allowed staff to go get dinner on the lunch breaks. That's all it is. <laughs> but like.
1: Watching the footage back, you know, watching the footage from the first round, Musasi, um, he droops like that every time he's going to take it on. When the way running, uh, kind of in a position where he's like he's just about to throw the jab, and Musasi ducks under it, or just to throw about a com- uh, just about to throw a combination, and Musasi ducks under it to go for the uh, the takedown. I knew that was coming, and he knew he was going to droop down and he threw the kick currently, he throws it so quickly that Musasi barely saw it coming, and it was kind of a shock when he saw it coming, and it broke through the defence and caught him straight in the face. I think Hall him into it. I don't think it was a fluke at all. It's, it's someone like, like you saw Josh Barnett, he threw one. It wasn't a, a jumping, spinning back kick, which obviously made it even harder, but he threw like a spinning back kick at one stage. If Wright Nelson had been like going down for a, um, a takedown, and he caught him and knocked him out, Okay, that'd be a fluke if, if Josh Barnett did it. Or if I don't know, if Carl Pindred did it. Maybe or if fucking I don't know, like Johnny Hendrix did it or someone like that. Didn't, I think you'd be fluke but when you have Uriah Hall. Like if he did it, if Anderson Silva did something like that, if McGregor did it, Michael Van Page. Uh, yeah, Michael Van And Page. I don't think that's a fluke. I think skill does come into it. And Patrick was kind of saying that it doesn't. That like it was, it's because it's so low percentage. But I disagree with that. Like if if I make a hole in one or not a hole in one but like a shot from the rough from fifty yards and and it goes in, that's a fluke. If Rory McElroy does it, I think that's skill, I think he meant it. He, I think he's been practicing that for so long. Like I think it's the same for Uriah Hall. I think he's athletic enough to do it, I think he's practiced enough to do it, and I think he's good enough. He has he has the strikes and he's he's uh, arsenal. And I said just before we called it last week, we said he was gonna knock him out. And I said just before, he's due a mortal combat style KO and like there's not many guys in the world you'd say that for. So when they do it, is that really a fluke? When they actually pull it off, is that a shock? I don't think it really is. I um, think, I think, I think Uriah Hall is an excellent fighter. I think he's an underrated fighter. Exactly. And, like I like sp- speaking to him
0: in Boston. Genuinely was one of the greatest interviews that I feel I've ever done. And not even on a, Oh, this is a good interview. You should check it out. I mean, on a personal level, being able to talk to him, listening to him talk about his dreams and his goals and how he doesn't get upset by some of the stuff that was being said about him, Dana White sort of thing. Then he goes out and vindicates himself, you know, and proves that, like, ultimately, like, goes and finishes a guy that some people thought he had absolutely no chance of winning the fight in any facet of mixed martial arts. Striking, submissions, grappling, wrestling, nothing like that. They were counting him out on all fronts. And then he goes out and does that. You know, like, highlight reels him, literally, like, legitimately highlight reels his opponent in the space of 15 to 20, 30 seconds.
1: Definitely. I agree. Um, All
0: aboard the Uriah Hall hype train.
1: Who do you think is next for him? Hmm. I like um, Dan Henderson and Euro, and uh, Vitor Belfort are fighting in a few weeks. Winner, mine, winner you know, of, that. Winner of that. Yeah. Especially if it's Dan Henderson. I'd love to see Dan Henderson and Uriah Hall. That'd I can be, dig uh, it. Pretty epic. Bad night for Dan um, Henderson. Definitely. Speaking of middle wets, um, Rich Franklin, just just before we get on to the UFC New York news for a couple of seconds. Rich Franklin announced his retirement from MMA today. Um, obviously a former middleweight champion. The man who basically pushed Anderson Silva to the next level, unfortunately for him. But what, what will you remember Rich Franklin for? How will you see him when you're thinking back? Again? Not
0: having a nose. Um, <laughs> I was only thinking about this on the bus on the way up today to Dublin when I saw it announced on Twitter. Rich Franklin is the perfect example of the sport bypassing somebody either because of age, ability, um and not maybe not being able to throw themselves into it as much as they maybe would have wanted. And as well, maybe something as simple as Trident, uh the former tried and tested training models of Pro MMA fighters just running out. You know, he was one of the best of his generation at one eighty five, um, beat a lot of people, made it look easy, finished a lot of people. Probably home to one of the greatest UFC KOs of all time, if I want to go out and say that.
1: It's Chuckledell? And uh, no, the one is, quarry.
0: isn't yeah, the one when uh, quarry goes stiff. Yeah. Goes down to the side. Absolutely beautiful. But uh da, 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 da. It's
1: I, I see Rich Franklin the exact opposite way to you see him. Really? I yeah, I think he doesn't A like, bluffer. I think he was a guy before his time. I think he was an absolute stud back in the day. The, the game eventually passed him by, definitely. Yeah, but no, think- like
0: I'm, I'm more saying the game, like technically, yeah, fair enough. Put it, put his like younger body in there now, and he's hanging with all of these guys, no problem. But I just think the it was, it was a nice retirement. And when I say the game passed yeah. him by, I didn't, I don't mean in the sense that he was getting brutally knocked out all the time, and it was, it was hard to keep watching sort of thing, I mean, the game passed him by, he accepted it, he recognized it, real recognized real game recognized game, all of that <laughs> jazz, and that was it. He knew it was time to call it a day, yeah, like, like real- oh no, Sean Sheehan, is it a windows related problem that you're having?
1: oh, can you hear me?
0: Just to be safe, I've hung up on Sean. I'm going to ring him right back. In the meantime, I'm going to do a little bit of severe MMA on-air radio presenting while Sean Sheehan is away If at any stage over there. Well, Sean, I'm telling people if they want to get in touch with us, so you're just going to have to sit tight and wait there, pal. If you want to get in touch with us over the course of the week, over the course of the duration while you're listening to this podcast, please send us a tweet.
1: follow me.
0: At Sean Sheehan, BA, at Andrew McGann, underscore, or follow the Grandmaster Overlord's account at Severe MMA. Sean Sheehan, you are back in our lives. What happened?
1: What's the crack? I don't know. what It was a Skype thing. It wasn't Windows Ten. Windows Ten. Oh, is okay. Windows Ten is actually working for you now. Yeah. Um. But on Rich Franklin, like when I first started being like a hardcore fan around two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. That time, he was, like he was a, he was a stud. Like that fight against Chocolate Liddell, When he came in. Replaced Tito on tough and knocked out Chocolate. Like I was looking at him as like he's the new breed, even though like he had been a champion like four or five years before that. I was like, this guy is a monster, and like he only I know he only fought like three times after that since. But still, I I don't know. I will always see him that way. I'll always see him as the guy that came in and just absolutely killed Chocolate. Like Chocolate was, Chocolate was always a guy I like. I th- I still think he's the biggest. UFC starter ever will be Chuck Liddell I think he is the UFC I think for a lot of people me included like he's the reason he's the first UFC fighter I ever saw and I think the way Rich Franklin put him out for me just for me personally is is the way I'll always uh, always remember him but if you remember this the only fights he ever lost Leona Machida Anderson Silva twice Dan Henderson Vitor Belfort, Forrest Griffin and Kung Lee, like all champions in their own right.
0: Ultimately, do you think he made the right decision to call the career quits now? Uh,
1: definitely, yeah. Definitely. It was,
0: and it's great it, to see a fighter actually go out with a bit of intelligence before going out in their shield. Also, he's walking into a great job or he has a great job. Yeah, definitely. A like future, uh, future uh, man in, in charge, voice, voice piece, whatever, of the UFC when Dana retires or is forced out?
1: No, I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I think he's he's a good thing going on over there in one FC. I don't think he'll be in the I don't think he's that kind of guy. I think he's good like I think he'd be a good kind of after dinner speaker kind of a thing like that. good uh what is Paul Had him it? an advocate. An advocate,
0: advocate of the after dinner speeches, but not a guy you'd leave at the party, you know?
1: No, I don't I don't think like Rich Franklin, another thing that he'll be remembered for in his legacy, and this is probably for the broader sense is when the sport was just coming up, you know, it was, it was just kind of coming into the psyche of an everyday, everyday people in America. I remember seeing, him, he was on that, um, Dr. Phil show. He was a great guy for that. Like he was, oh, we have a math teacher. We have a guy who's a T, he's a respectable guy. He works in a school and he, he's fighting, you know, I think that's another thing that he'd truly be remembered for. Um, yeah. And I, and I think he was very good at that, but in later life, he's kind of, he's kind of become, uh, I don't know, he's tweets and stuff there, a bit. he's kind of i don't know it's hard to describe but i don't think he's i don't think he's the the, the, sharpest the full knife, shilling i don't i don't think he's the sharpest knife in, in the box okay? not all of the tools are in the box no okay let's get on to it we got the press release yesterday it shocked me i probably shocked a lot more people um the ufc are planning an event in new york new york amazingly even though it's banned there. Um, on April, let me just pull it up here, April 23rd, 2016, I'll read you the press release. It says, we believe fight fans have waited long enough to experience live UFC events in the state of New York, and we're thrilled to announce our first event in Madison Square Garden. Um, that was from Lawrence. I've seen That would be musical. unbelievable.
0: Sorry for... Cut. Like, Go on. Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. Do you know what I mean? How good yeah. would that be? Like, if, like, so many of those fighters that are the pro wrestling backgrounds are going to be just looking to get on this card, like... Yeah, just to say the fight in Madison Square
1: Garden. Yeah, they go on to say later this week, UFC will ask a federal judge to issue a preliminary injunction against New York state officials enforcing its unconstitutional law. Without such an injunction, even Madison Square Garden will not be able to proceed. So basically, if you don't know, uh, MMA is, is banned in New York still. Um, it's uh, and UFC. From what I can gather, and Jim Jinnia, he's the man, if you want to read up on this. I hate
0: when you say from what I can gather because it means that <laughs> I am not going to be able to make my points as clearly.
1: <laughs> uh, what the UFC are going to do is, so you have like the NSAC, but the what would it be called? The New York State Athletic Commission. Uh, I think it's the New York Boxing Commission or something like that. So they'd be the ones normally you'd go to, but as it's illegal in, in New York, you can't go to them. So what the UFC are doing they're getting, I think they're called a WFA or something like that. It's like a kickboxing, a sanctioning body, and they're getting them to sanction their event. So basically, what they're doing is getting a third-party sanctioning body to sanction their event, and that's basically a loophole in the law. So, the, rather, so in, in America, you have local law, and then you have federal law, which is the country's law. So what they're doing is going over the heads of the local law, and they're trying to get the federal law to allow them to hold the fights in New York. So we'll know later this week they're going to the judge to ask him for um, permission. And sure if he allows that, they'll probably do it. But the point here is they're doing this because if the judge passes it, it's very likely that the New York Athletic Commission and the, the politicians or whatever will change their mind because if they do change their mind and if they sanction it, they'll be the ones who get the money. I think you get 5%... Of the gate, and you—I uh, don't know exact figure—but you get a lot of money, and they get a lot of money from tax, from other things, for holding that event. If they're sanctioning it, so what the UFC are basically doing is they're playing hardball. They're having an event, they're planning an event, and it—it's it, given um, the New York State Athletic Commission a big decision. They either let the event go, and let everyone else take the money, or they decide to change their minds, sanction MMA in New York, and they'll be able to reap the benefits.
0: Maybe it is as clear-cut as that, though. Um, The UFC wouldn't have booked this arena if they weren't pretty confident of this happening, in my opinion. Or maybe they booked it because it's a publicity stunt. It could be up in Congress around that time next year anyway. Um, Let it pass before you embarrass yourselves and we have to go to the, the government and lawyers about this sort of stuff. Is there anybody... like? It seems that mixed martial arts is just controlled or hampered or defeated by absolute idiots with personal agendas. It seems like this has always been a personal thing that the UFC has not been allowed into New York. Uh, A couple of people flip-flopping. But if you believe Lorenzo Fertitta and all the stuff that he was saying, around the time that it was quashed this year, remember Ariel did the interviews because of the Reebok launch. Yeah, And he did the interview with Lorenzo, and Lorenzo pretty much said that they had the amount of people required, then it was changed how many they'd need and they were only given like two hours to get that many or something like that. And then they ended up missing out on it, but barely missing out on it. And that, he was pretty much saying, I know I always say next year is going to be our year, but next year is going to be our year because we're going to have all of the details that we need in advance from early on.
1: Yeah, like I basically think the, um, <laughs> the New York legislature or whatever it's called, they have been promising things, and then they'll be putting it off because the amount of money the UFC sink into it, they don't want to lose that. They want to keep getting it every year. Like the UFC, are putting in huge amounts of money for for the process to, to happen. And uh, as I said, they don't want to get rid of it. But to be honest, I'm not sure what this stunt is. I think it's what I what I said a while ago that they basically want to play hardball to get the Nevada start, or to get the New York Athletic Commission to change their minds and to overturn it so they can get the money. But the, the
0: stuff that the UFC uh, put forward today was absolutely brilliant. Do you know? Like it, was, it makes so idea, much yeah, sense. Goodness. Like you're allowed to have everything else under the sun, but not MMA. Even though the law and constitution or whatever doesn't actually say MMA. Yeah. They're just they're going about it the right way, and I hopefully it's a it's a sign of things to come. People challenging things in court. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's the UFC fighters. Uh, that was a big thing as well the other day, the yeah. antitrust lawsuit will be heard um, in Vegas. to try to get it just filed to dismiss it, throw it out of court before it began. And the UFC, the judge apparently went in deep on the UFC. He didn't even just give him the tip, Sean. He gave him the full shaft and the questioning and the interviewing. Yeah,
1: he did. Yeah. We actually I meant to talk about that as well. I suppose it's hard to talk about it because it's so complicated and stuff. Yeah, yeah so, so just don't. He, yeah, just don't. Paul Gift is the man to follow for that. Uh, but as you said there, that's all that really happened. The UFC, the the uh, the Corkis will go on. Um, so we'll talk about more than that if, when we get more information. But gut feeling, do you think this New York event happens?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say yeah? yes. And know. what happens then? Crow Park gets cut. That's why, because oh, Conor McGregor will be bastards. fighting in New York. That April twenty third. That means I'll be spending the nineteenth, fourteenth. I like. I'm looking forward to it. If an Irish guy gets on New York, I would have to consider going over to it. Do you know what I mean? It's a big... It's a direct flight. It's going to be a big thing.
1: Like, Start spreading the news.
0: And I have to go see Madison Square Garden.
1: I'm leaving today. Have you ever been in New York?
0: Start spreading the news. Dun, dun. I'm leaving you today. Just, you just dropped my song. I know I did, but I'm a better singer. No, um, I, I have I, I've never been to New York. But I have oh really yeah a few of my friends are relocating there over the next uh, next while one of them's going away in two weeks the other's going away at the end of November they're all gonna head out to Vegas though for the McGregor fight just at least to get to Vegas to take in the atmosphere and uh, I am planning on spending some time in New York over the next two years just since I will have a free accommodation
1: nice okay link
0: up with uh, the second best mixed martial arts interviewer in the exactly.
1: world, Ariel. Oh, Ariel, oh yeah, sorry.
0: Only joking, Ariel. <sighs> You're the goat.
1: Okay, questions uh, from our good friend, friend of the podcast, Will Martin. Uh, the thoughts on John Jones, we discussed that. But the question is, when do you think he's going to return? I know yeah. you think it's going to be death. a
0: while. I'm going to say it's going to be quicker than ASAP, Rocky. John Jones will fight in January. I don't think he's he been should. in the gym for months. He's been getting I, guys ready. He yeah. was in Arlovsky's camp. Pictures posted. Yeah, seems to be training pretty hard. Eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks, seven weeks. That's all John Jones really needs, I'd say. And he's going to be back in smoking fools. As <laughs> smoking is probably the wrong uh, wrong <laughs> choice of words to use there.
1: Yeah. Uh, free John not- hashtag free
0: John Jones.
1: <laughs> I hope he's not. But I think he'll be back. Late January, early February, that's when I think. Um, Gavin Springett, excellent work, friends of the podcast. Do you think John Jones will attend the UFC in one ninety two this week, and will he be in the octagon? And announce as the next opponent for the winner.
0: I don't think that he'll be in the octagon. Like everyone always says, like, oh, do this, do this, do this. But the UFC don't really bring guys into the cage to face yeah. them off. I'm going they are gonna do with like, There's yeah, there were. But there was so much speculation about it, like about other fights before, like, oh, they should bring yeah. this guy in, they should bring this guy in. I'm just getting sick of it to be honest.
1: Yeah. I love when they do it. I think they should do it more, but I don't do I don't think they will do it. Especially
0: if you are John Jones' agent, the UFC probably don't want John Jones there. That's fine. Buy a ticket. Front row. Do you know what I mean? Let the camera yeah. see you. I angle, don't interact them. with people. Be there. Stare Daniel Cormier then the whole way through. Do you know what I mean? Do
1: you know what I think John in Jones in the middle needs of the night to and next.
0: reclaim what's yours. Do
1: you know what I think his next step needs to be? Do you know what those 35, 40 minutes sit-downs Ariel does to people before our shows? I think that's what John Jones needs next. The John he Jones.
0: He needs a good story done about him.
1: He needs that. That's what he, he needs, needs. The needs the he's His comeback starts here and I think that's probably what he needs. Okay, next question. Um, fellow MMA media member, I, I don't know, is he from, is he from Limerick? I'm not sure, you probably know, Roy Billington asks, out of all the pro debutants on Bama, who's the most potential? Um, We did talk about this last week, yeah. a little bit. It was um, The question last week was, who impressed you most, but who do you think is going to have the, the most potential? Maybe to get to, the, to get to the top.
0: Yeah, no, I've, yeah. I'm going to stick by that, and maybe it's because seeing him spar, um, just knowing how good he is, haven't, been lucky enough to see the majority of his amateur career, see him throw away losses before and then come back, rectify the mistakes, constant improvement, um, gradual sharpening of his hands. You know, I just think Franz is going to be one of the complete packages. At least from at least from that Bama card, there are other people that I think are going to go on to very good things. Will sign to the FC. Will have good pro careers. But if you're putting a gun to my head and saying there's one guy that's going to make it, who's the next Conor McGregor that we're looking out for here? Um, Franz Malambo is that guy.
1: i know with Dylan Took. Of course,
0: you are. Oi. Fanboy.
1: <laughs> Dylan, if you're
0: listening, Sean hasn't shut up about you since Bama. Oh, what? Dylan's so
1: good. He's good, though. He's a good fighter, in fairness. Okay, Joy Gann. After Hall's win, what's your favourite ups- upset or comeback win in MMA history?
0: You go first. Like, give me a second to
1: think. It's people give out to me for it. But Carl Bendred's one in Dublin was pretty special being there, like it was just it was unbelievable. Like he was dead and buried and like Mike King silenced the crowd and the way he came back and, and finished him. And just was pretty, wreck shop like that was pretty unbelievable in fairness.
0: Um I don't wanna just be born and say that one as well. I'm just trying to think of other like come back check Congo and Pat Barry yeah,
1: I just to say yeah that
0: was brilliant saw it on Unilad or something again the other day Something another website that will no problem steal the FC's copyright material and just upload oh, it as a video <laughs> <laughs> you'll uh, never guess what happened when this guy nearly gets knocked out <laughs> Shut up. Oh, let me talk about that, actually. Here's a question for you. I am sick of seeing articles. Lad sends this embarrassing text, and this is what happens to him. All of that shit is definitely fake. Without a doubt, that's people in the office writing those texts, sending that's them to each other, and screenshotting them. I said it. There you go. That's
1: a fact. Um, oh. Okay. Last question. We have questions there from David Nutty. Uh, Kieran, we've answered him. One for Patrick,
0: because it's two o five a.m. Yeah, two o four.
1: Boys don't, are tired. Yo, say John Jones come back soon. Do you think they'll keep the belt for UFC hundred to make it special, or will they give him the loser of the DC gusty fight first? I think that's an interesting mm. thought. They could, like, if imagine if Carmia loses this this weekend.
0: I could definitely see him putting on jones Carmia. Oh yeah, like I to be honest, like it's the fight that they want. Then you're kind of discredited in the title by putting those two guys together. Like John Jones has just and the, but that's the best thing about it. The UFC would get away with matching that fight. Yeah, Do you know wouldn't. what I mean? They can. There's just they can admit. Well, you know, John Jones is fucking dealing with his own shit. Fuck him. He fucked us over. Now he's gonna have to earn his way back up to the top blah, blah, last blah, last blah, 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 blah by earning his way back up to the top one win against Daniel Cormier ka-ching uh, for the whole overall bank balance of, of everyone involved yeah. and then send him off in his merry way to capitalise on that momentum and have a rematch with the man who ran him closest in his, his in his entire career yeah, I agree Oh top booking from me the UFC should hire me yeah, or not yeah. No,
1: probably not. Hold on, we'll just look. I see the petition link here. We'll see how many um, we'll see how many votes it has at this exact moment. 205. and uh, only sixty three thousand. Like that's only gone up about eight thousand when I looked at it about two weeks ago.
0: Unreal. Shit. Oh, Let's North Korea, Kim Jong Un. Fuck's sake,
1: North Korea. It worked. Did, did you see all the followers we got? Yeah, Asian got bots. What did I tell them. you? Speaking of Rich Franklin, Rich Franklin followed us. Our podcasting at on that Shout podcast. out, Rich. Yeah, shout out, Rich Franklin. Our things? And fifty of those Asian Asian bots didn't follow us straight after Rich Franklin. <laughs> so I wonder. Is the, and he's working for one FC. I wonder if there are like a load of bots just following Rich around and everyone get follows us fly us
0: out, fly us out, sign Irishmen.
1: We will All do right. it for you. I want to talk to Ben Askren. It'd be great.
0: Oh, it'd be probably the most frustrating thing in the world. Just him telling you why he's the best ever.
1: Yeah, I'm not fighting anyone being stuck out in Asia crap.
0: Shane uh. goes deep. Deep. Anymore?
1: Anyway. Is that it? That's it. Uh, Sorry. You, oh, go on. Go on. Sage Norcott. Have you, did you watch just the last thing? Did I you watch that did. new show? It's fucking brilliant. Well, I watched the video that was put up of his
0: fight. First of all, it irked the shit out of me. Why? Because it was... Like, I know how many times I've said the story about... When Dana said how the UFC signed Conor McGregor because he went to Trinity. Oh, sidebar! I'm going to the. Uh, do you know the award that Dana got? Yeah. I'm going to this year's one of it. He was getting a Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. Oh yeah,
1: that lad. Is that that? That's your, Is that the guy with the? Uh, is he the the guitar player or is he the singer?
0: The bass player, yeah.
1: Bass player. Yeah, he was in One Tree a lot, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, I think so. He that's was in something anyway. Yeah, um... Oh, I've lost my train of thought. Why did I bring Dana him up? White. Oh, yeah. Trinity, $50. Trinity. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, talking about McGregor. So I went home and said, we need to sign this. It's just completely staged, fake, Dana White-related programming. That's like... Were I, you at I, that? No, but at the Trinity thing. Yeah. Yeah, I asked questions at it. So was I. I asked one as well. Did you? Oh, yeah, I was there. There you go. Team Severe was at it. But, but no, mean? I, I mean from the point of view that... um.
1: Do you it's remember that, like, actually? kept asking about gay people for like a half an hour. Yeah, like oh, that was the most annoying thing in the world. Like,
0: the worst. Uh, you're distracting me I'm here, distra- <laughs> Sage, Sage, <laughs> Sage. Yeah, the way Dana was like shifting uncomfortably like it genuinely gave me the impression that the reaction parts were recorded in a different room. The, like by how maybe staged they were like, oh, this kid can fight. And some of the facial expressions, like, oh, I've been proved wrong, like, in his head thinking, okay, time to go to, yeah, humble, now switch to, yeah, I've been proved wrong, wow, this kid is good, look like he will make you a lot of money. Do you know that sort of thing?
1: I have another question.
0: Maybe it's just me.
1: Remember the guy that, that did that asked to put the belt on, I think, Dave, Dave Fogarty? Fogarty? Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that until, like, the other day, I saw it on Facebook. There you go, yeah, yeah. Dave Fogarty uh-huh. asked Dana my- White...
0: Uh, could he put the belt on Hen and Borough if hen and one?
1: That's mad. isn't that mad like the whole of Syria and were basically was Petie there, I wonder. Uh wasn't
0: there. Me, Graham, and Pat- Patrick Timmons Ward were at it. Nice.
1: I was there with Patrick. Sweet.
0: There so cool. you go. What are we like?
1: Animals we are. On
0: the ground floor, Sean. I'm
1: telling you. Self praise is no one.
0: praise though.
1: All they're hustle. Still one. Did you oh, see that, uh Did you see that thing Peter Quitty tweeted there about this? Yeah, this we're done. New, Game we're done. over. This new Irish MMA site with zero followers on I Twitter. I hereby
0: welcome our new Irish MMA overlords Listen, and, and wish them all the best in their future endeavors.
1: When they have the number one MMA podcast in Europe, they can come back then. That's oh what they thought. Oh,
0: my thoughts. God, you arrogant. That's so a fact. and so that's Not exactly that's no no I'm saying how good it is because I said yeah. to someone today when you have the number one MMA podcast in Europe come back and talk to me yeah it's a fact. he was giving me lip
1: the numbers speak for themselves The numbers speak
0: Numbers for themselves. don't lie Sean it's no. a numbers game it's a fact. if you want to tell us though how arrogant we are over the next seven days or 166 hours until you next hear our voices
1: yeah maybe, give
0: or take I think uh, shout out to Jordan Breen I stole your ending of a, of a show there If only I had minutes And days And everything Written down Then it would be even better If you want to get in touch though Please do not hesitate To do so At Andrew McGahan Underscore At Andrew McGahan I am coming for you You will not have that username Much longer At Sean Sheehan BA At Severe MMA Pod You know Just follow us all Find us on all sorts Of social medias I got a lovely message On Facebook Mid podcast From a guy Who's a uh, just from skin and it, Sean. He claims to be the tallest flyweight in the world and has uh, been following severe MMA since just after the. Um, Happy uh, Hoolan. No, unfortunately not. Has been following severe MMA since the Marcus Brimage fight because he trained at Marcus Brimage in Marcus's gym and um, has been a fan of Ken- Conor McGregor ever since. So thank you very much for the message. Uh, enjoy the podcast this week. Sean, what are the plans for tonight or tomorrow or the week ahead?
1: Um, I don't have. I don't have. I don't have many plans now. Uh, tonight, straight gonna, chilling. I, I, my, uh, my sleeping pattern is absolutely fucked. These, these events aren't gonna, aren't gonna do very well for me. But we've got. Co- there's like three weeks off now between UFC events, right? And there's. Do you know those three events that are Cage coming Kings. up? Cage Kings. Oh yeah. I don't know if I'll go. I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. Are you going? Wait. Wait a minute. Yeah.
0: You're considering not going to Cage Kings.
1: I don't know, and it's a week before live, Dublin
0: like. You live so close. And I I'm do- going to be driving from Dundalk to it.
1: How long is there a drive from Dundalk to Like
0: Kark? three and a half hours.
1: Yeah, mine's a two and a half hours.
0: <laughs> I'm not that close to it. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world that you don't have like a decent road. <laughs> no, it's
1: like def- actually a terrible road. It's all back roads. From yeah, that was the,
0: the best story that I have of the Bama pre, pre-tour trip. I remember my friend, I had to bring him down to Cork and he was hammered. Yeah. And then put him on the bus to Limerick. And it yeah. was two and a half hours, and he didn't know about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Over oh. an oose.
1: <laughs> what was I saying? What was I saying before that? Um,
0: your plans for the week and weekend. Your
1: plans, your plans. Your plans. It's one my plans. I don't really have any plans. Oh. I was going. I had something. I had something. Oh yeah. There's there's like three weeks between UFC events, right? And there's those three UFC events in. Las Vegas
0: Fight did, companion Sean Sheehan Andrew McGann no,
1: but I have previews to write for all, for all of them Do you think I should risk it And write the previews now And hope there'll be no injuries And they all go ahead Or do I want Yes win?
0: Definitely do that And then post them Regardless of whether The injury goes Like <laughs> happens or not Like a card could article. be Ravaged Ravaged with injuries And you just post them And be like Well I already read it So
1: I have an article On McGregor versus Aldo, And it's about Nine months old and it's still You're in just my drafts. Dying to use it now. The it's actually a good one too.
0: It's good. So you claim, so you claim. Thanks. I am um I'm going to look forward to a nice trip to bed uh heading up to Dublin tomorrow to the in- in- uh, Institute of Technology in Blanchardstown. Uh would you believe uh-huh. they have Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes in within the college? Patrick and John Sheridan, um both students there. Host classes two times a week during the week for all students and non students just to come and train. I'm gonna um I may or may not drive up tomorrow, depending on the fact that I'll probably be competing against some of those guys this weekend. So I don't really want to be rolling with them a few days beforehand. But um otherwise, Sean, all is good. Is it has it been nice in Limerick the last few days? Tell me that, because it's been lovely up here.
1: Yes. It's been okay. There's supposed to be very good weather coming in the next couple of days now. It's been alright here. it hasn't been much rain or anything. Isn't it a but bit I,
0: weird how we've had weather discussions like since the podcast yeah. has started and we've gone through literal seasons over the course of the yeah, podcast life. And it
1: kind if of it's coming, yeah. It was the first time last week it was actually like cold. And I was thinking about like putting on a jumper for the first time in like our whole podcast history. So yeah, it, it's kind of a short you know, GTFO. I just see on Twitter uh Zom um, Zombie Prophet just tweeted a picture of the the poster for UFC 194. Class McGregor with his hands up, and like it looks like he's not belt but he actually does have a belt that's around his waist. And Aldo's holding the belt. Someone over his was shoulder. telling me
0: that. Someone was saying that it's okay. like uh, re- looks really badly photoshopped.
1: It's I like it though, but he, uh, uh, McGregor's belt. But apart from that, it's good. And the Irish fag is backwards as well, which is weird.
0: So Connemara Goober from... <laughs>
1: Divery Coast, Conor yeah. Divery Coast, weird. hey.
0: So, anyway, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate everything. Uh, hopefully you enjoy the new sound quality. I've got an external microphone. It will be hooked up to a speaker next week. I will not have to do the podcast pretending like I am easy with the mic in my hand, spitting bars, spitting rhymes. Um, if you're in the area, I might as well plug it, Sean. Irish what? Open this weekend. The reason that I'm doing it, there's some MMA fighters competing in it. Ooh. Uh, Liam McCourt from uh, FAI in Belfast. Carl yeah. Moore is fighting on it as well. Um, Stephen Moore from um, Davy Patterson's gym up north. There's a couple of Northern Irish MMA fighters that are competing at it. Richie Smullen from SBG. Blaine O'Driscoll from SBG. Blaine O'Driscoll's actually in my division. It's on in DCU in the big sports hall. You're going to see some of the best grapplers in the country. More importantly, it's nogi, which is more aesthetically pleasing. And I can guarantee you I am going for the kill. Cartwheels for everybody.
1: Nice. Armbar the shit out of Who's the fuck? Who's the fuck?
0: Johnny Jitsu's even going to it. Is he? I yeah, believe. Man. I believe he's competing. Will you do me a favor? Ask you, for a video. Ask, no, but ask Johnny Jitsu. Dave Fogarty's competing as well? Right, yeah, man. Everyone ask, is. Oh, yeah. You love ask Dave Ask Johnny
1: Jitsu never to stop making those videos. Is he, now he thinking he's about retired? stopping them? No, but like he, he made one there. He's like, oh, it was basically a no kind of one.
0: I thought he came out of retirement. Judging by the way he was talking the other yeah, night on one of yeah. his videos.
1: Just to make sure, just to tell him that, tell him to keep doing them. Just to we should get him, them. We should get him to do one for CRMMA. He should do like a weekly. He should do a podcast. No, but like a weekly video, like a two minute preview of every UFC event in his own way. And who's the fuck at the end? What who's about that? the fuck? That's money, that is. That's money. We'll get him into. Um, sorry,
0: the young has started. We'll get him into CRM punditry. What?
1: Who cares? It, like, Fuck like him. it's never the last, anyway. like,
0: yeah, never liked them at all. We, There's uh, only like 45 seconds left in this podcast. Ew, I'm gonna try deliberately finish it at 1:15, so I can just say, "So sure, it was the end of the podcast. I was John, and it was half two in the morning. It was fine." Yeah. Sean, you've got like 15 seconds. State of the nation.
1: Go. To- retweet, please retweet. Go to the Severe- at Pod. Retweet the podcast. Got at Changi and Ba. Retweet the podcast. Oh my That's god, all we have. is that what the BA stands for? Yeah. Well. I'm a bat, in arts. nuts. Oh, what I thought it was
0: like, bah, like, well, bah. Well, bah no. Actually, no, sorry, we're going over 115. I had this discussion with someone during the week, over yeah. last week's podcast, the can't discussion. Yeah. Are you willing to admit you're wrong?
1: What do you mean, I mean I'm wrong?
0: Like, oh, that it's a word.
1: Well, like, it's just a You're some cant yeah. Cheehan, hey. Some cant People love that. Jeez, we love, we loads of compliments on the word count count. Yeah, I'm you gonna see, start saying it's, it. it's actually cool. You're not for can't but the only count. reason
0: that made me remind, uh, remind me of it was because you said Sean and ba, and I was thinking, like, okay, what is that literally because he's a ba? And if people aren't like are listening to this and they're wondering what a ba is, it's like a boy, am I right? Yeah, like one of the ba's one of the bars, yeah, B A H H H S, one of the bars. <laughs> that's what me and my mates always say to each other uh, like because I am, I am look air. I am oh my god Sean I have to yeah. tell you this story this is the podcast finisher here
1: we've been about 15 minutes at the end now not I, one, I, mean, I actually anyway. don't okay. know if
0: I should tell the story or not
1: you have to do it now you've said it uh, do
0: it I'm go trying on. to think if anyone I know listens to the podcast
1: you can always, you can always it it well. don't have no, name any names
0: uh, no. okay so what happened like just Typical Andrew McGann, um, like putting your foot in it, sort of, sort of stuff. Yeah, I uh, had to leave uh, leaving work the other day. Um, I was on the taxi run, so to speak. Uh, two of the lads didn't have cars, so I was leaving everyone home. Sat outside eating food after work, and um, my car died. Yeah. So a dad had to be. Got out of bed at a quarter past five in the morning. Car driven out. My car jump started. And I sheepishly drove away into the night.
1: Oh, man. I actually was, wasn't listening to the start of that story. So t- tell me again yeah, what happened to the start. You are the worst in the world. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie...
0: I did fall asleep once during this podcast and pretend that it was because I turned my mic off. <laughs> so we will ignore that. So I will give you the benefit of the doubt and tell you the story again. The
1: tweet, I, I, was, uh,
0: I was on the on the taxi run the other night yeah. um after work. Uh just sometimes some of the lads don't drive in, they might get a left in whatever. Leaving a few of them home, sitting outside one of the houses, eating food, had the had the engine on engine off but the battery on. Oh, fuck and man. then So a father had to be woken At 5 o'clock in the morning To come out and fucking jump start my car Jesus. And I you know, drove rat, man. Sheepishly off into the, into the night Let
1: me see can I guess your father's name
0: uh, My dad's yeah. No it wasn't my dad Oh it
1: wasn't your dad was No dad, no, was no, it?
0: no, it was one of the lads in the house like. All right. So I had to go in and wake up his dad 5 o'clock in the morning And then yeah come out that here and was, give Andrew a job. that was alright
1: so as long as it wasn't your dad you fuck him what do you, what you care about him for
0: well now that you mention it when I got home the key wasn't left out for me and I had to wake my dad up out of bed anyway
1: <laughs> you're just waking dads up all around the place
0: look Andrew McGahn, Father Waker if uh, Jim What's does listening, I would like a passion. Father Waker t-shirt uh, no it's uh, John John McGahan. Ah, John Johnny McGahan. Yeah. There you, oh McGahan. I might as well give you my credit card details now, Sean, for the podcast. <laughs> since anonymous are you a visa are, or MasterCard? Anonymous will probably have it all fairly soon, uh, since I just give away my dad's name and my you know, my own name. Link two and two together and hackers can do anything. Sean, I tried to finish this podcast about six minutes ago, same as usual. Um as I said about 20 minutes ago, thank you very much for uh, <laughs> getting in touch and listening to the podcast. If you want to do so, please subscribe, please tell your friends. It's the coolest podcast on the block. 36 episodes, which is more commitment to anything that I've ever put in in my life. And um, we really appreciate everything, don't we,
1: Sean? We do, yeah, it's great. UFC Sounds. Dublin Thanks, meet
0: and greet. We're doing it.
1: We're doing it, yeah. A lot of people actually asked me about it at Bama last night, so we'll have to do it.
0: You're Sheehan nation. You're going to have After to... wins after the wins, oh oh and I'm not even going to bother next week I'll tell you because I'm going to be here for another three or four minutes <laughs> thank you very much for listening in and until then see y'all next week